Welcome to Making Our Way Forward, a podcast where we share compelling life stories and learn from the experience of everyday entrepreneurs. At NACI, we celebrate diversity and invite you to join the conversation as we talk to entrepreneurs and leaders from all walks of life. We hope that by telling their stories, we bring you inspiration, empower you to take action, and ignite entrepreneurship in your community. Welcome to Making Our Way Forward podcast. We're happy to be coming to you today from Macy's headquarters. We have a special guest. In fact, she was instrumental in our organization locating in the research triangle. So for all of our listeners around the world, thank you for tuning in today and welcome to Katie Gales. Katie, thank you for coming on to our program. Thank you. It's my pleasure. You know, I'm a NACI fan, so I'm always happy to spend time with you guys. We appreciate that. And I know we've spent time together in Tarrant County and in different places, and you're always thinking about entrepreneurship and and how you can help other people. Um, Many times people that don't have access to resources realize the American dream or or visions for themselves that seem to be impossible. So knowing you a little bit, I know a bit about your background, but I would love for you to share a little bit about your journey and what led you to the role that you have um, at Wake Tech, which is changing so many people's lives for the better. Thank you so much. Um, Well, um, well, I'm a I'm native North Carolinian, and uh, so I, I've been in this area my entire life, except for possibly eight years in my corporate career. And after leaving corporate, I started a small consulting firm focused on small businesses. And um, that led to a relationship as a counselor in a project called Growing America Through Entrepreneurship through the North Carolina Rural Center, where I got to help people who had been laid off from their jobs and figure out how to use the skills that they have to basically create a job for themselves. And then through my relationship with Wake Tech, I got a consulting contract. And in that process, I got to define the role that I have now, Director of Entrepreneurship Initiatives, and re-envision the Center for Entrepreneurship. And when I did that contract, I had no idea that I would be the one um, doing the work. But when my contract was over, um, the college invited me to stay on and, uh, and and work the vision. So I was very excited about that because I'd get a chance to see this thing that I had defined uh, come to fruition and also work this job description that I had created. That's how I ended up at Wake Tech. Um, specifically, my job at Wake Tech is to look at the entrepreneurial fabric in our county, Wake County, North Carolina, see where the holes are and develop programs and initiatives to plug those holes. So it's a very creative role. I love it. I'm having a ball. And my projects fall into two primary areas. Uh, Launch Wake County, which we're going to talk a lot about, is my external program. I call it Community-Based Economic Development. And then Launch Wake Tech, which is my internal student-focused program where I bring entrepreneurs into the college and get our students more involved externally in the entrepreneurial ecosystem. That's great, Katie. And I, as I hear you talk and as I've gotten to know you, I think of um, the wise saying of find 
find something that you love as your career and you'll never work a day in your life. But I know you are one of the hardest working people that I know. And I appreciate that enthusiasm. And I'd like to ask you before we dig in a little bit to what's going on in Wake County, what are some of the things um, that help you keep going? Because a lot of what we see with entrepreneurs is they do have this relentless passion, but of course they're going to come up against obstacles. So I would love for you to share a little bit about how do you personally deal with obstacles and keep yourself motivated? And then in your role as an advisor and a leader and a teacher, how do you encourage other people to do the same? Well, I celebrate the small victories because small victories ends up, helps you win the war. So I try to celebrate progress. Nothing was built instantaneously. I know we have a Just Ed Water Society, but most things that are truly impactful and that are really going to be sustainable do not just develop overnight because they need roots and they need a solid foundation. And sometimes that takes time. So every time there's a little bit of progress, I celebrate that. And since creative problem solving and helping entrepreneurs is a bit of a a compulsion, I can't help myself. I have to keep going. (laughs) You just can't stop doing it. I can't. That is so funny. Uh, You know, there's in a lot of colleges and universities, they have these entrepreneurs in residence and they're individuals much like yourself. um, And some of them have bought and sold and created businesses. They do not need to work, but they can't not work. So that is is another uh, amazing thing about you and, and, a, and a good piece of advice to celebrate the small wins um, because really, if you think about it, having that entrepreneurial mindset is so very important. And I know you also are a product of um, a person who's certified in Ice House training. You've had some connection to the NC Idea Foundation. So I don't know if you want to share a bit about that, and then we can talk a little bit more about um, some of the expansion efforts that you're involved in. So my, uh, my relationship with Ice House actually started back in 2012 mm-hmm. when I first found out about that. I was not working for Wake Tech at the time, and we actually hired Wake Tech to train some of our counselors around the state who were working with people who were getting into entrepreneurship for the first time on the entrepreneurial mindset so that they could then work better with those people who just trying to create a job for themselves. And then when I found out a couple of years ago that NC IDEA had embarked on an initiative to spread the Ice House methodology and training across the state, I was in the first group of 50 people to get certified. We're really grateful to, to NC IDEA for doing that because there's so much applicability for the entrepreneurial mindset training. So most people who are entrepreneurial are not going to start a a business. In fact, we don't want everybody to start a business because if everybody started a business, where would those of us who start businesses find our employees? But everybody can be entrepreneurial because if you really think about it, an entrepreneurial mindset is the life and leadership skills of the future. You have to be able to create your own opportunity. First of all, you have to be able to see opportunity. You have to be able to pursue the opportunity. You have to be able to take personal responsibility and accountability for your success in those opportunities and in life. So I believe that entrepreneurial thinking is a critical skill and entrepreneurial characteristics 
are important no matter what you do. I I agree with you, Katie. And I know for me personally, I, I really try to cultivate that in my personal life because I, I feel like I'm pretty good at it in my professional life. And I think some of us, particularly through the pandemic and, and as our parents get older and our, our family situations get more complicated, uh, it's easy to become overwhelmed by all of the needs and demands. But you're right. If you think about entrepreneurial mindset, if you work at it, it, it really, there isn't any problem um, normally that can't be solved. I mean, my goodness, look at the pandemic. I mean, who right. would have thought we would have had a vaccine and we're you know, closing in at 50%. So you can always look at it as what has yet to be accomplished. But I, I think that's an important reminder. The other thing that I know about you and, and about your colleagues, there are so many wonderful people that work at Wake Tech. And uh, full disclosure, we're, we're sort of just a, a couple of office um conference rooms apart. So I saw we are roomies. Yes, we're roomies, which I we all love because we love our space and are very grateful for it. But you know, one of the things is really seizing opportunity that comes your way. And, and I think sometimes people feel I have to have this degree. I have to have X number of years of experience. I have to have this amount of space. And I would be curious to to find out from you, what are some of the success stories that you've seen through Launch launch, um, Wake Tech, or I know there's a whole bunch of them, Launch Apex, Launch Holly Springs, because it's becoming a bit of a franchise. What have you seen everyday, ordinary people create with very limited resources? So one or two success stories, oh my goodness, it's so hard to pick because we have over 400 graduates in the Launch Wake County umbrella. And you mentioned we've got seven towns, eight towns actually, and I have to name them in alphabetical order because otherwise I forget. We have Launch Apex, Launch Cary, Launch Garner will have their first program this fall, Launch Holly Springs, Launch Nightdale, Launch Raleigh, launch Roseville and launch Wake Forest. And so we're only missing four towns in our county. And so my objective is to have a launch program in every town because we are serving the main street businesses right there where they are. We go to where they are. Everything happens in their town. So it's hard to pick just one success story. Um, Let me think. In the first launch, no, this might have been the second launch Apex class. Um, we had a a um, a veterinary oncologist technician. I hope I got that right. Who had started a fish market with his twelve-year-old son, and this was something they could do together on the weekend. So they would drive down to the coast, bring the fish back, and sell them at the farmers' markets. And this past year, um, he left his job. And went full-time in his business. And he now sells his fish at three different farmer's markets on the weekends. He has customers that he delivers to during the week. I mean, it's become a full-time job that he now has his cousin and his son working in. And it's keeping him busy. So he just started with this dream and it's now, you know, a full-time business. And when I try to catch him at the farmer's market, I get there and just about everything is sold out. So he's doing very, very well. And he was recently on the cover of a local magazine. That's amazing. And I think it's what 
I've heard you advise and your colleague Cherith too is find your passion. Yes. Because it goes back to what we were talking about initially. If it's something that you're passionate about, and I know you and I have had long conversations. We plan to ten, talk for 10 minutes and then an hour has gone by and we're still catching up. And to that point, um, one of the things that arrived on my desk this morning was the quarterly issue of Community College Entrepreneurship Magazine. So there was an article um, that you wrote that was published in in there. There's a picture of a young um, man who's one of uh, your programs, uh, giving your president, um, Scott Rawls, a, a beautiful haircut. So tell us about um, that article and that celebration, because it connects also back to one of our, our funders, um, the Radcliffe Foundation. So uh, share a bit about that. That's a great story. So I mentioned that my projects are in two major areas, Launchway County, which is my external community-based program. And that was the uh, the success story I just told you about with Tyrone Hightower and Apex Seafood. But the picture from the magazine is from my internal program, Launchway Tech. I infuse 20 hours of entrepreneurship training into our standard barber school curriculum. Wake Tech has a barber school at six years old. We graduate two classes a year, and this year we were looking for, because of the pandemic, we were looking for opportunities for the students to get the hands-on training or practice that they're required to have by the state. And it's difficult during the pandemic because people were not coming out for haircuts. Well, we have a relationship through Launch Raleigh with something called the Black Friday Market, which is a place where African-American entrepreneurs get to sell their wares in in a storefront in downtown Raleigh. And I went to them and said, you know, wouldn't it be great if our students could come and give haircuts in your facility on the weekends, on a Saturday? And we were looking at doing something for Black History Month. They said, perfect, let's do it. So very quickly, we put it together and nine of our students went down there and they got a lot of hands-on practice. They got some experience uh, working with real customers, the energy of being out there in the marketplace. And we had so much support from the college. Uh, President uh, Rawls came down, got his hair cut. Uh, my boss, Vice President Anthony Kaysen, uh does not have hair, but he brought his son down <laughs> oh, <nice. laughs> to get a haircut. Uh, the dean, Dean Pam Little, came down to support. And uh, one of the instructors in our natural hair program came down, Miss Andrina Johnson. So we had a lot of support down there. And it went so worked so well that we did it for two additional weekends. And these students got to see how valuable they are to our communities. People really miss their barbers during the shutdown. And as you mentioned, the Radcliffe Foundation made it possible for us to infuse this training into the barber school, but we also infused training into nine hours over six sessions into our natural hair program, our cosmetology program, and our Spanish language cosmetology program. And in that same article, there was a young man profiled he was a graduate of the very first Wake Tech Barber School class. So he was one of my guinea pigs. He was the class that I used to experiment to see how our entrepreneurship curriculum would work. Zine is from um, Morocco by way of New York and always dreamed of having his own barbershop because when he was growing up, even after he came to the States, they could not afford to go pay for a haircut. So he came to visit North Carolina, fell in love with the state, moved down here, went to the Wake Tech Barber School, graduated, did his apprenticeship as required by state. And then he opened up his shop 
in December of 2019, just in time to get shut down four months later by the pandemic. But um, he did lose faith. We were able to rally, since give some money to him through the rally fund for small business that Wake Tech set up. And um, he's still in business. He's growing and he's hiring Wake Tech Barber School graduates to come and work in his shop. That is an amazing story. And I was invited to a call um, that I think you or someone set up that your uh, former campus dean, who's now a state representative, um, James uh, Roberson, was um, convening uh, some of these students to talk about that. And I think it just speaks to the pipeline and what you were mentioning before about workforce development, that even if you don't ever want to be your own uh, small business owner, developing those skills and that entrepreneurial mindset. And you had mentioned to me a little bit before how nervous that young man was giving uh, President Rawls a haircut, but he had the confidence uh, to do it anyway. And I I have to say, just looking at the picture, he did a very good job. He did a good job. I, I think that is the art, I guess, if you will, of entrepreneurship, but it's sort of combined with the empathy and the social um, caring, because as we start to see some of um, things opening up, as the pandemic certainly is still, um, you know, with us, but things are starting to um, starting to recover a little bit, and we're starting to feel more hopeful about that. So, as our time becomes a little bit shorter, I, I just wanted to um, touch on something. I know we're going to have a follow up episode with you, Katie, where we're going to dive a little deeper into stories on equity, but. Um, I want to say as a proud Bennett uh, graduate, you are very instrumental in connecting NACI with a number of historically black colleges and universities in the area. And as you know, we have a growing group nationally. So maybe you could just speak for people who may not be familiar with what that terminology means and what that experience um, has been like for you now as a business leader here in North Carolina. HBCU stands for Historically Black College or University. And as you mentioned, I'm a proud graduate of Bennett College for Women in Greensboro. It was called the Vassar of the South at one time. And when I started there, we had 565 students. It was the largest enrollment in history at that time. And um, I was the first in my family of 12 siblings to go to college. And I'm, I'm number 11. So it was a big deal um, to get into a college and be able to survive for four years and And HBCUs are known for wrapping a blanket of support around their students because they were formed at a time when um, African-American children did not have the option to go to the larger universities, even the state-supported ones that were paid for by their tax dollars. So the HBCUs had a very important role in in our history. And um, Bennett was the right place for me. It was small. I got a lot of opportunities. Um, I uh, ended up getting hired right out of Bennett by IBM, uh, which set me on the course to work with small businesses for the rest of my life and also paid for my my MBA from Duke. So I cannot complain at all uh, about that trajectory, uh, although it was by accident that I got to be in business at, at in the business curriculum at, at uh, Bennett. In addition to being a proud Bennett College for Women graduate, I have to... Um, show gratitude for the local HBCUs that have been so instrumental in my large program, Shaw, where we have taught um, five launch Raleigh classes and they've donated the space to us, and St. Augustine's University, where 
Um, they have been supportive in holding information sessions and participating in the planning for our um, for our launch Raleigh program. So I want to thank those HBCUs here as well for being great partners. Yeah, but you know, when you think of it, what is truly accidental, right? Because when you look back and you reflect, you think of what you're doing now, um, you know, within your own community during your work hours. And I know you also volunteer for NACI um, on other times, like, you you know, on weekends and, and off hours. And, and I'm excited for our listeners to hear about some of that work because I think it's very life-changing. Our uh, podcast co-host, Jeff Smith, um, does a lot of that work with you on the equity inclusion diversity front. And you know, we see that companies like IBM and many other good companies in this area truly value that. So I think that's a story that has a lot of layers and many things uh, yet to be told. But I would love to end on the note of something, Katie, that you're very hopeful about. I know we've shared with each other and, and, and our many colleagues about, um, you know, people that have survived, you know, through the economic recession and, and the pandemic but what are some of the things that you're hopeful for um, in the remainder of 2021 and going into 2022? I think that the pandemic um, taught us a lot of things. It forced us to be um, resilient, to develop that muscle, to be creative. I had one entrepreneur tell me, um, one entrepreneur that we had given a, an award, a financial award to say, my business is stronger because I was forced to take another look at it so that I can survive. And the changes I have made have put me in an even better position. So I think that some of us are coming out of the pandemic stronger. I think, I hope that we learn that we cannot do this alone, that we're all in this together. And I hope that society learned that small businesses anchor our economy and our, and our communities and that we will continue our focus on them. That's right. And that, too, is tying back to the work that you and Jeff and many others lead in the equity front, that what I personally and professionally love about community colleges, but HBCUs as well, is often that is the pathway to the middle class and beyond for people, because you have generations that have been left behind that have no tradition like yours or experience with higher education. One of the things I know about you, Katie, is you are tenacious in every aspect of your being, which is one of the things that we love about you. But not everybody is born with that level of tenacity. Somebody tells them, no, you can't do it. They might just give up. So we need to have leaders um, like you and others around the country that will not give up on students, um, regardless if they have learning differences or what they look like or what whatever makes them different from other people, we need to celebrate and lift them up. So I appreciate you so much. Um, all of us at NACI um, count you in our champion circle because you just are out there swinging and doing amazing work um, for Wake County. So I would just encourage people um, to learn more about your work. If they wanted to um, find out more about um, the programs that you run, where would they find out more information? Well, they can come, they can Google um, um, Startup Center at Wake Tech mm-hmm. or Launch Wake County and uh, they will get to our web pages or they can connect with me on LinkedIn, Katie Gales. I'm the only one out there and I can send you whatever information you need. 
The one and only. So, well, thank you everyone for tuning in today to Making Our Way Forward. We celebrate Katie and really all of the everyday entrepreneurs and people working in higher ed um, that are doing this work. So make it a, a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that listening to this podcast will help you to explore the many ways we might define entrepreneurship. Join us every other Wednesday for more episodes as we celebrate opportunity, learn from one another, and grow together. Subscribe to this podcast, connect with us on social media, and learn more about today's speakers at nacy.com forward slash podcast. We look forward to making our way forward together with you. Have you heard about our latest book, Impact Ed? How Community College Entrepreneurship Creates Equity and Prosperity? This is our roadmap for building back better in 50 states and globally. In each chapter, we share the inspiring stories of everyday entrepreneurs and explain how community colleges play a crucial role in their success. Visit us at nacy.com slash impact ed to order your copy now and join us in this work. Have you heard the exciting news? NACI recently released a new publication titled The NACI Playbook, Volume 1, all about how entrepreneurial mindset sets the new standard for success in communities and colleges. The NACI Playbook digs into entrepreneurial mindset and how practicing leadership with this framework creates an agile culture with space to innovate, co-create, fail forward, and accelerate growth. Entrepreneurship and entrepreneurial leadership require us to lean in, anticipate and recognize trends, manage change, be resilient, take risks, reflect, and rest in the knowledge that anything is possible. Learn from our innovative, insightful, generous network who navigates both challenges and opportunities entrepreneurially as we share what we've learned and how you might apply their experience to your work. We hope you'll be as inspired as we were. Learn more at www dot nacyplaybook dot com